welcome everybody, including our brothers and sisters from the Lesson Church. It's great to be able to join together to worship. And today we are not going to look at the book of Acts as we normally do in the Birmingham Church, but um, we are looking at um, my title will be Do Not Let Your Hands Be Troubled and Do Not Be Afraid. Now that's a very long title. Why did I choose that? Those were the very words of Jesus when he wanted to comfort his disciples. And I think it's a time where we want to feel the comfort of God. We want to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit as we have it as Christians. Um, we are certainly in a different era in terms of what is happening to us right now. Um, in the book of um, John 14, Jesus says, Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give you as the world is. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And uh, interestingly, in the NIV, the subtitle of one says she said, Jesus comforts his disciples. And at the beginning of John 14, where really he wanted to comfort them, he wanted to assure them the Holy Spirit would do amazing thing when he is received, which thankfully for us as disciples has been received when we believed and repented and got baptized. Um, Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time for everything. And there is a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And certainly, we could say we are in a different landscape. It's a whole new time. It is a time where we are most confused. We don't know what is going on. We are harassed one way or the other. The temptation is to be afraid. The temptation is to be troubled. And therefore Jesus said, now, do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. COVID-19 has definitely shaken us. It's a time where we are all shaken. Just yesterday, 53 deaths in one day. And this morning, it's reported seven deaths in Wales alone. 70 classes, those age 70 and above, are to isolate for 14 weeks. You know that. Now, when you call for a sneeze, you are condemned to 14 days isolation. Plus, your whole entire 
your entire household. Schools, colleges, universities, are all done. Okay, sorry. I've just been instructed to stay still in front of the mic so that I do not distort what is being said. Hopefully, you can hear me. I can't see anybody, and probably you can't see me. I think one of the problems is the sound is slightly distorted, so it might be worth keeping your video off, your camera off. Sorry. Let me try this. Is this better? I'll speak again. Is this better? Slightly, but uh, still a bit distorted. The other thing, maybe switch your camera off. You do control E, switch off your camera. In my turn. Control E. That means allow me to do that because I have a PowerPoint on my screen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, keep trying, I think. Keep trying. I'm doing my best. Yeah, yeah. I'll do my best. So, um, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, thank you. So as I was saying, yeah, COVID-19 has taken all of us. Um, we go to the shop, no pasta, no rice, no toilet rolls. For us, because in England, it's the first in my lifetime. No, my lifetime is not so long, so we can forget that. The economic impact, 80% of wages will be paid by the government for those who close their jobs. It's, as, it's estimated at three, 3 million. Maybe the impact in the next few months. You couldn't even visit your mother today for Mother's Day if they are 70 plus. And so, um, this is where we find ourselves today. However, it's not even under the sun. I mean, the next slide, you have to get any service, which is normally teeming, completely empty. This is the full ring in Birmingham. If you live in Birmingham, you understand what that slice tells you completely empty. But as I said, it's nothing new under the sun. I was looking at some of the worst epidemics and pandemics in history. And we had a plague of Athens. And uh, the death toll is 100,000. The Antonine plague, 5 million in the Roman Empire. Cyprus. 5,000 people a day in Rome died. The Justinian, 10% of the world population is estimated to have died. The Black Death, 50% of Europe. The epidemic of police, 15 million Mexican and Central Americans. In America, 90% of the Western Hemisphere. The Great Plague of London, 15% of the population of London. Assassinated and wiped out. The flu pandemic, 1891 million people. The Spanish flu, 100 million. That's a lot. Asian flu, of course, we have HIV, which is still ongoing, and just 5 million. 
And so we find ourselves that it's happened before. Nothing new under the sun. I was looking at the life of Israel. In Exodus 1, in verse 7, they were exceedingly fruitful. They were multiplying. They were enjoying life in Egypt. By the time, few verses later, a new king comes in place and they are put into slavery. They are well harsh. Their children, their sons, are being asked to be thrown into the land. And then chapter 2, they, they groan in slavery and cry to God. So the landscape of the Israelites changes all of a sudden. From fruitfulness to harsh conditions where they are crying to the Lord. Or they believe their children, their sons, were being killed. Moses himself, once a prince, became a Christian. Landscape is different to the point where he has his first son, a name seems Gersha, meaning a foreigner. He said, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Excellent. In James, he said, I find myself a stranger in a strange land. And I think I will find myself strangers in a strange land in this situation right now. We don't have time to talk about the wilderness experience of Israel or the exotic experience they face uh, where the landscape becomes completely different. So we find ourselves in a totally situation. Let's look at Job. The land of Oz. There lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. And he owned seven thousand sheep. 3,000 cattle, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. One day, when Jews' sons and daughters were feasting and drinking, while at the elder brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys were nearby, and the saviors attacked and made up with them. He put the servants just aside, and I'm the only one left to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the chariots on the raiding parties and swept down on him to canals and made up with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to him. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the elder brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they are dead and the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away in the name of the Lord and praise. Mm-hmm. 
know this. You did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. You was unfitted with painful sword from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then you took a piece of broken country and scrapped himself with it as he has sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Replied, You are talking like a rich woman. Shall we accept food from God and not trouble? And uh, in this situation, when we are challenged, I mean, due situation, none of us will say we relate, but we got to a point where I thought he was going to say he fell to the ground and cursed God, but actually he fell to the ground and worshipped and said, they get a came from my mother's school. I think situations like that just tells us yeah, it is easy for us to want to relate as the Job's wife was intending to do. She's just ask questions why blaming. But um Job didn't blame. He actually said we are very vulnerable and fragile. We are nothing. Came with nothing. Can do nothing with nothing. We are who can take back with us. And um, that is, we are frail, we are fragile. We, don't, we can't even form anything. We can't make ourselves. We, can't, we don't know what is happening tomorrow. We are fragile. It's so easy to blame. Yesterday I was uh, listening to Radio 4 and um, people were blaming. People always want to blame. They were blaming the politicians um, as to whether they treated this thing well or not. And they were just putting blame on the politicians. And yet, um, I think in this moment, we ask ourselves, should we play? What should we do? I think this battle simultaneously driving us apart, but also has brought us together somehow. Um, of course, physically, we're distant, but even us getting together on this platform after a while, what unity? I can't see your faces, but I, I feel united with my brothers and sisters in Leicester and in Birmingham. And believe me, you can sit in your room and sing to all of us and enjoy that service. And so, what should we do? There is a quote I want to share with you. Shouldn't blame the persons of their own behavior. They are as grief against what are the blaming culture. But I'm taking on this quote from Martin Luther in 1527, at a time when the Bibonic plague was rampaging across Germany with many fatalities. He was asked the question as to whether it was right for Christians to run away from the plague. He replied, I shall ask God mercifully to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus a chance infect and pollute others and so cause their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me and I have done what he has expected of me and so I'm not responsible for either my own death or the death of others. 
If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go free. And um, I think he makes so much sense. I think the first thing we need to remember as Christians is we can ask God to protect us. We can pray to God. And we need to realize our anger is in God. Our protection is in God. And we need to remind ourselves of the God. He said it is so important at this point for Christians to be able to pray by praying to believing the God who said. The God who is self-existence, who has always been, who is sufficient, who is immortal, who is indestructible, who has been from eternity, a God who is unbounded, who is unlimited, uh, a God who is eternal, now to the King eternal, immortal, from everlasting to everlasting, He has been. Is the first and the last. We have read your at the beginning and the end. That is the God who seven is stepped into our world for our salvation. That is the God who said. Therefore, we need to pray. We need to pray. Our then first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving will be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority that will be in peace for their quiet lives. In all godliness and holiness, this is good and this is God our Savior. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? We pray. That, that's the first thing we need to do. We need to pray for each other. And I'm encouraged that even tonight at midnight, midnight on Monday, Lester and Birmingham disciples will have fasting and prayer time together. And this will be every Monday for the next six weeks until the end of April. We should be able to pray to our God. He answers prayers. He steps into our world to change things. That the world may be human change. I don't think God is sitting there thinking, hmm, what is this new thing? What is COVID-19? As if he didn't know anything about it, man. He created all things. Out of nothing, he put the universe into existence. The visible and invisible creation is made by God. And so, we go to him because he will know the answers to all this. And as was mentioned on Thursday, worldwide is a one-off, but we are all going to meet together worldwide in prayer and fasting on the 26th. But we pray. The first thing we need to do is we pray. We pray and trust in God. For Christians, our uncle should be in God. The spirit of a living being the creator lives in us. We should be at peace. We shouldn't worry so much. It goes on to say, for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for us. Okay. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We should, we should trust what we have. And the hope we have in Christ is essential. There will be nothing that will separate us from us. Love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger also? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Truly, who loved us? From convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, 
neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We are secure in that. And indeed, ultimately, death, which frightens the world, frightens us, is defeated in Christ. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who are all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We are free from the fear of death in Christ. The resurrection of Christ makes it so for us. So, Revelation says, when I saw him, as John talking, in this encounter with Jesus on the cross, when I saw him, I fell at his feet and though dead. Then, he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and I live. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and hate. Okay. In Christ, we should not be afraid. Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. And one who believes in me will live. Even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do we believe this? And so, I just want to remind us, peace, I live with you, that's what Jesus said, my peace, I give to you. I do not give you other world gives you. Do not let your heart be trouble and do not be afraid. My encouragement to us, let's do the things we need to do. Let's pray, let's communicate. Let's be clean. Let's purify the air. Okay, let's now, um, let's Medicate, let's do the sensible things we need to do. Okay. We shall avoid places and persons where our presence is not needed. So self-isolation in this situation, how the government keeps talking about it, is essential. Of course, two people may meet on the path and pray. It's safe to do so. Or four people, whatever, but let's follow what we are being told to do. Okay. So we don't contaminate our intelligence. But if our neighbor is us, we shall go forth and serve. And I'm Christians, we should do that too. We should be the servants. We should be in the neighborhood. I'll bring the help of anyone who can go out shopping. We should do the shopping. Again, in the email, I send you the attachment. Put it through the doors, ask people who may be in need, and let's look after each other. But we need to be able to be at peace and not be afraid. At this point, I just want to pray. As we take a bread and the wine, let's not have any troubles and let's not be afraid. Let's pray. God in heaven, we are so grateful that in this period in our history we can have this technology to talk to each other and to encourage each other. We may not see each other's faces, but we are together in spirit. Thank you so much. What an incredible, incredible encouragement it is to be able to hear our brothers and sisters praying and sing, knowing that we are together in this service. We do pray for the situation in our world. It's unprecedented for most of us in our current life. 
And so, Father, help us to trust you, trust that, yes, this has happened before any Western in control. And uh, please protect us. We pray for your protection, each one of us. I pray specifically for our brothers and sisters who are doctors in the church. They think that I know, I don't know all of them, but I pray for Caroline Wolverhampton. I pray for Rory and uh, Ella here in Birmingham. I pray for William in Leicester. And I pray for Claudine in London and many others in London who are doctors, Father, that you protect our brothers and sisters. And there's many nurses and social workers who have to go out to meet vulnerable people and help, Father. Help all of us to pray that you protect them. But Father, all of us ought to be ready to go and serve those who may be in need. Pray for our families that are born together. We pray for families afar. Parents, even on their own, that we need to reach out to. Father, please be with us. But importantly, as we take the bread and the wine, help us remember what the Lord has done for us. Because of His righteousness, because of His mercy, there is no good in us to deserve this, but by His grace, we are receiving the blessing He gives us. Please be with us as we take the bread and the wine. Help us to be grateful for all you've done for us. Help us to think of each other as we take this communion. And now bless us. We give you thanks that on the cross when the blood was shed, when Jesus said it was finished, yes, victory was won for eternity. We praise you for that victory that we can share it right now as we take the bread of the wine. In Jesus' name, Amen.